0: Help me to win the battle of life. O King of kings, train thou in me, in the camp of discipline, the noble qualities of calmness and self-control. Be thou there, divine general, like Krishna of yore against the invading hordes of darkness, passion, and greed. Protect the celestial kingdom of my mind against entry by the tenacious warriors of evil Let thy banner of peace wave always above the strong castle of my soul I wish that for all of us So does Satan exist what a topic Um, and the reading of course leaves no wiggle room. Yes. (laughs) Paramahansa Yogananda, I add my testimony. You can imagine the voice that he would use, the power of that statement. I find it very helpful in thinking about these concepts to start by rolling it back to the cosmic perspective, because that is the most um, comforting perspective. Uh, it is, you know, the concept of Satan is the fallen angel, at least in the Judeo-Christian model. It's the fallen angel, the guy with horns, and he's out to get you. It's very creepy. It's, it's useful to take the cosmic view for a minute before you dive into what it looks like in our actual lives. So cosmically, the great news is that beyond all of creation is Ananda ever-new, ever-conscious, ever-existing bliss. And for reasons that I will not pretend to fully understand, Ananda decided to manifest creation. And in doing so, set a portion of itself in, out in vibration in the sound of Om. Om is that cosmic vibration that creates all that we see. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. That's the Genesis version of this creation story, of course. So, you know, inherent in the vibration, as Jyotish very well explained to us last week and many others, um, is the upward motion and the downward motion. All vibration is a wave. So inherent in all of us, in all that is manifested, is the up and the down. And it's the movement between the two that holds us in this cosmic dance. And it is the perfect stillness behind it, the bliss, that it is all actually made from. So that's where the cosmic perspective is very comforting to me, and I hope to you as well. But then there's the actual experience of OM, of the downward pulling energy, and the upward, excuse me, the upward pulling energy I Many of you know I was born and raised at Ananda Village. And so most of my life was an example and an experience of the upward moving energy. Because there's a great magnetism and power when a whole lot of people practice meditation, learn to tune into to the vibration of their own consciousness and draw it upwards through attunement to the guru. That is an awesome place to grow up. But in the coming of age, I started to look out into the world and notice, sort of like the story of the Prince Buddha, I noticed that there was a whole lot of suffering. And in my um, freshman year in high school, 1994, buckle your seatbelts. It was the Rwandan genocide. And that event actually really changed the course of the next 20 years of my life. Because I couldn't, sort of like Siddhartha, I couldn't understand how that degree of darkness could exist simultaneous to this. It was just really confusing. Um, So I dove into humanitarian study and practice and spent 20 years doing that. The case of Rwanda, I find so instructive on several levels. A million people in a hundred days were killed. And they weren't killed by an army. They were killed by each other. That is the most amazing example to me of the manifestation of the consciousness of our separateness the idea that we are so different from each other that we are not worth anything there are many lesser degrees of this in our daily lives and in our world but for me that was a revolutionary concept that somebody some a group could go that into the con- the idea of that separation and that it be contemporary. My, my history, my family has uh, experienced the Holocaust, so the idea isn't foreign to me, but that it could be contemporary, while this place, this Ananda, is exist- in existence, that that could exist. And how does it happen? Magnetism. The law of magnetism is essential in understanding how anything happens in this world. And that's the great teachings in the reading, the great teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda, is to understand the world from the perspective of its energy. Magnetism is created by energy in motion. If it is in motion, it creates a magnetic field. That is true in our own spine. The motion upwards creates a magnetism our highest self, and the motion downwards creates a magnetism to our lowest self. So in that particular instance, there's a group of people magnetizing the lower energy, the concept of separation to its utmost potential, and it is so strong that at first, like any magnet, it attracts to itself that which is like it. Like attracts like, but at a certain point, it becomes so powerful that it attracts that which is not like it and changes that. That's the negative version. Thank goodness there's always duality and the positive and that's the guru. The positive version is the guru. So magnetic and strong in the upward moving energy that even the presence, just the existence of it can change the polarity of our own consciousness upwards. Thank God. (laughs) What's also instructive about that particular case is Rwanda today. Its neighbors got pulled into that darkness as well. It's East Africa. There's been a lot of strife all around. Rwanda today is better off than its neighbors, even despite what it went through. And how did it happen? It let in the light. After that incredible destruction, there was a very strong and concerted effort through a Truth and Reconciliation Council, through local, um, how do you say it? cha um, basically uh, tribal councils, to bring together everybody, perpetrators and victims, have everybody share their stories, and in doing so, recognize the humanity in each other and heal, if even a little bit. So it's not a perfect place still. It's been through great trauma, but it's doing much better than its neighbors. I have to say that for the 20 years that I spent in humanitarian aid work, I um, was sort of a downer at a party. (laughs) (laughs) Because I knew what was happening in the world, and it is so dark. But, I needed to go through that. I needed to understand it. In the same way, all of us who come into this incarnation, in every incarnation, need to make the choice to move upward to the light, it helps to understand the other choice. And for some of us, we get that in our childhood, and for some of us, we have to go find it. So I found it. So now I wanna take it into more the personal. So there's the collective, oh, one more concept with the collective that I really appreciate it before I go there. Um, My father, who is also a, a minister at Ananda, suggested that I read this chapter in Cities of Light called The Expanding Light in preparation for this. And it is wonderful. It is morbid. It is all about evil on planet Earth. And it's, what's wonderful about it is that Swami Kriyananda really reframes it in terms of consciousness and energy, rather than the horned creature that we're all very ups, you know, upset by. He used the illustration of dark swirling clouds of lower vibration and beautiful light clouds swirling of higher vibration. And that, that our whole reality, its I mean, it's in ohm, is every fiber of our being, so it's within us. But also everywhere around us, there are these swirling vortices of energy. And we get to choose and magnetize to ourselves those aspects of that energy that we resonate with. And if we aren't careful, we can be drawn into that which we do not resonate with, but is very strong. So then there's the personal, the chakras, the body. You know, our own bodies are a manifestation of that Aum, and both the the highest potential and the lowest potential. And on the one hand, the personified Satan. On the other hand, the guru. So that, you know, in our own lives, this is where it gets useful because fortunately most of us don't live in an environment where that level of collective darkness is happening right now. But inwardly, we get tested by it all the time. The first and most useful thing that I found as in the case of Rwanda is inviting the light. So when I had this experience, it was very um, interesting and instructive on the dark side i've had others on the light side which would be much more fun to share but here we are talking about (laughs) satan so (laughs) i was about 15 and i woke up and there was somebody in my space and it wasn't a physical person but it was an energy an entity Some of us have had that experience, some of us have had the hackles go up on the back of our neck. This was very vivid. There was this negative person in my space and he had on a mask and he was there. And he stayed in my space for three days. Everywhere I went, there he was and it was very creepy and I got more and more upset and more and more, I don't know why I didn't speak with my parents on this, they could have been very useful to me, (laughs) but on the fourth day, I had had it. I could not handle it and I ran to my brother's, my big brother's room, crying, telling him what was happening and he sat me on his bed. He had me sit up straight, close my eyes and walked me through a visualization. He had me imagine a grassy field, a giant pillar of light, and invite this energy forward and ask it with power to go into the light. And I did, and it did, and it left, and never came back. And I share this, it's personal, it's strange. Some of us have had things like this, some of us haven't. Some of us avoid thinking about anything like this because it's too much. But it was an amazing lesson for me in inviting the light into my life, into my heart. And when that fear, whatever it is, is there, fear makes us small, fear is only useful in that it tells us something's not right. Sort of like anger tells us maybe we've gone too far. Some of these negative emotions can be useful, but they're living in that just makes us small. And we have to get big. We have to expand. We have to open up to the light if we're going to actually overcome. So, um, Magnetizing the positive polarity of our own existence is a very important and useful tool in drawing light into our lives. And for many of us, that's the guru, the perfect manifestation of light. But even if it's not the guru for you, there are many things that raise our energy, and it's essential to find them, to find those things that give you the sense of the qualities of divine peace, calmness, love, wisdom, light, home. There's a couple more. <laughs> but those things, that's, that's what to cling to. That's what to, to seek in your life and fill your life with in order to magnetize light in a constant flow and tune into the upward moving energy. And the great news is that the cards are stacked because it's all actually bliss. Yeah. This perfect balance of duality, of evil and light and good, and you know, it's it's stacked because it's actually bliss. And I do find that comforting, even in the face of the most horrible, horrific realities of the world, is that it all will get there eventually, and it all is a manifestation of Om. and the deck is stacked. <laughs> I find, you know, for some, Paramahansa Yogananda um, and Swami Kriyananda had a lot of very useful uh, things to say about what to avoid that draws our energy downward. It was very help. It's been very helpful for me to sort of know what those are, you know, mix with like-minded vibrations, create that in your own life avoid things that draw your energy down like alcohol and drugs and things but what I find more motivating is to actually experience and make those those choices and to do that in truth you have to learn to work with your own energy. You have to learn to recognize it and the best way for that is meditation because you know we learn as if you study the life of Swami Kriyananda or Paramahansa Yogananda that they've had incarnations where they were like great warriors fighting battles and killing people and doing things outwardly that look pretty dark even if they were for a good cause and it's useful when when you see that to recognize and in your own life that it what's more important than what you do is the energy from which you do it and the point, one of the great you know, aspects of meditation that you learn is how to tune into that energy. Because a great master can do things that look really off from what you would expect. But they're coming from perfect bliss. So they're just performing that bliss in the world as it's asked of them. We're not probably there. But you can see it in little ways. Here's just a silly, fun example. Your friend buys uh, donuts for everyone. Voodoo donuts. (laughs) You walk in the room, and you can can come from the consciousness of me, mine, separate, dark. I love the maple. I'm going to take it before anyone else does. (laughs) You can do that. But if you're at all sensitive, you're going to notice that on some level. You have other options. You could still end up with that one, but you have other options. (laughs) You could come in with gratitude. You could see that others are, maybe they're not taking the donuts because they know better and know that the consequences aren't so great, but you really want that maple. So with a big open heart and gratitude, you make sure everyone's good and then you can have yours. And then if you're really in a good place, you can enjoy it with God. isn't this great (laughs) same outcome different energy and that's my point in our lives we aren't William the Conqueror necessarily and we aren't asked to do dramatic things in this world I hope Um, but it's the little things and it's tuning into the vibration behind them and as you meditate it's like that great story Paramahansa Yogananda shared of the disciple who came to him and said I don't want to give up alcohol, women. I forget. He was an actor. He was really smoking. He what was his name? Jeffries. Hugh Yeah, Hugh Jeffries. So he didn't want to give up anything, but he wanted to follow Yogananda. <laughs> and Yogananda said, fine, just practice your Kriya Yoga. Because in fact, as you do and you attune your energy into the upward chakras of your own higher self, the interests of this world just naturally fall away. And that's great, and that's genuine, and you're past it, rather than the forcing. Um, It's good to be wise, but we also need to be real with where we are and just keep moving upward and keep making it genuine from ourselves and tune into the guru, you'll be just fine. We're very fortunate if we've reached that point where we recognize divinity in its purest form in others. And in doing so, we might also recognize darkness and the gradations in between. And then nothing less than perfection, nothing less than unity or bliss is ever going to satisfy us once you really see it for what it is. Even in my, you know, in my 20 years of study and practice of humanitarian relief, there reached a point where I recognized that all progress, all pain, was from the delusion of separation. Everything terrible that people do to each other is based on that. And all the healing is from a recognition of unity and that has to be genuine it has to be within the people themselves between, within your own self it can't be imposed and that's true for our own lives all of the pain is when we think we're different when we think we're separate when we are out of unity with each other and with the spirit behind everything the bliss and all the joy is as we move toward that perfect union so I'm going to end this morning with um, the hope that we all live without fear, as, as uh, Swami Kriyananda's song proclaimed. No matter what the darkness, no matter what there is always light, the cards are stacked. And as um, the great social leader of this last generation shared, Martin Luther King, darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can do that hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that